Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and today I'm with my wonderful colleague and friend Philippe Bartou. Hello Jackie. (laughs) I just know this is going to be a lovely podcast. You know the name of the podcast um, is called Unashamedly Human and it's called that for a reason. It occurred to me, and just the Unashamedly Human title has been a title that's been in my head for years and years and years. In fact, I'm writing a book about it and there'll be an online course too. However, so many of us through our conditioning, our education, our relationships and our lives hold stories and concepts that we're not very proud of. In fact, it could be said that we're ashamed of it. And often when we have stories um, in our past that are difficult for us to let go of, we tend to show up in the world very differently. There tends to be behaviours that happen. And this podcast is about pointing you in the direction of a, you know, a a different understanding of how you work, primarily as a spiritual being. You are in form on this earth, and that form is your human form. People in the East are brought up knowing that they are spiritual beings in human form. But most of us in the West are brought up just believing that we're human beings and that's it. And if we're lucky, we start to understand that we're human beings that are having a spiritual experience of life. But the truth overriding all of that is that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And whilst we are spiritual beings having a human experience, Wouldn't it be lovely to not be ashamed of how we show up in any given moment, to understand how we're creating our experience, to know for sure that everything that happens to us in life is transient and passes and and becomes something else. And that's why I'm so delighted to have Philippe on this podcast with me because he's one of the people that I've known for a long time who he shows up as himself. But sometimes in showing up as himself in the moment, other people have judged that and they've had things to say about it, which often in the past caused Philippe to be uncertain about how he was showing up in the world. So Philippe, I am so pleased you're here with me and having this conversation this morning. 
I'm delighted to be here. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for the beautiful, the beautiful introduction. <laughs> you know, Philippe, if, if, if you were to describe who you are, you know, introduce people to you. Mm. Well, I'm going to build on, on how you introduce this podcast. And I am human before anything with a lot of areas in my life where I still have shame and I'm still, and I get to see through that more and more. So I'm living in Barcelona with my girlfriend, Christina. And I realized this morning that I really have just a very simple, ordinary life. Mm -hmm. And that was never possible for me to even say before or I always had this idea that I had to have this grand life and create this beautiful version of myself. And my whole life was always about developing and trying to grow and trying to be somewhere other than where I am now. Mm. And what I'm finding more and more is I'm just finding so much, so much peace and joy in, in, just, in just being grateful for where I am and feeling like this is enough. I've ne I never felt like where I am was enough. And I, and I don't mean that in there are not more things I want to do and create and, and achieve and, and accomplish. There are. But it's not. I don't feel like I'm, I'm striving and chasing and, and trying to get somewhere. And so... I guess if I were to just introduce myself, like I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm simple. I'm, I'm, I'm an ordinary human being living a simple life, and there's something extraordinary about that. Mm. An ordinary human being living a simple life, having an extraordinary experience of that. Beautiful, but how the hell do you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it's also, you know, the other, the other day some, someone asked me, um, Philip, you know, like, you're so peaceful all the time. Like, how, how is it that you're living and you're, you're always sort of living in this peace? And I, I was laughing because I was like, really? No, that's not true at all. I, it may seem like that, but I, I have a lot of, you know, moments where I totally lose it. And... For a long time, it was that I had a lot of shame and judgment around that, and I had to sort of show up and be a certain way, and 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 I thought the more the more of a peaceful, happy person I am, sort of the better I'm achieving this thing called life, and that that wasn't a very helpful belief, and so. And so the truth is, like, there, one of the areas, Jackie, where I find it very easy for me to lose my peace is in the kitchen. Mm. And uh, I think I have a, a special kind of personality that takes over when, I, when I'm in the kitchen. And, it's, uh, and, and this has been really interesting with, with my girlfriend, Christina, who's had to sort of see that, that part of me. And I can be... I can be really dominant and and assertive and very I want things this way and and I was um and we we had a 
we had friends that came with that were that actually just came over for dinner the other day and uh and often it's um it was sort of me that was cooking and christine said you know let me i'd, I'd like to cook tonight and so i was like oh okay great so so you cook and and so I, I i came home it was like eight o'clock and she uh she had you know done she, she had prepared some food and and i came home and i was just I was a little up in my head. The guests were about to arrive and I saw the kitchen was like a complete mess. And I, it, it just wasn't how I expected it to be. And I, I, I lost it. And I actually got angry. I got angry that it was like that. I was like, no, it's not okay that it's like this and like that. And, that. and so I, and, and so she was making gnocchi and, and it was like, I don't know. She wanted to make gluten-free gnocchi and use almond flour. And it was, a, it was, a, it just didn't come out very well. And the whole thing just kind of dissolved. And she was like, yeah, can, can you help me with the gnocchi? And I was just getting really frustrated because this gnocchi was dissolving and I put it in the water and, and it just kind of became mush. And I was like, okay, we're having mashed potatoes. Boom. Take it out. And then it's like the guests arriving in 15 minutes. I went into this mode of, I need to control the situation. Mm. And it was no longer her preparing dinner. And she was just there. She was enjoying the preparation. And I just came into some sort of, you know, chef. And, and, and I realized afterwards that there are a lot of beliefs and ideas that we hold from, from our past. And for me, the kitchen, and I used to have a restaurant. Mm. And for me, if the food didn't come out on time, if it didn't come out right, well, that was my livelihood that was at stake. And I had forgotten that when I had guests coming over for dinner. <laughs> I, I had forgotten that that's not important. But what was interesting is I, I got angry and I used to have so much shame around anger, Jackie. It mm -hmm. was like, anger was not accepted in in the in the household I was brought up. We weren't encouraged to be angry and angry. It was, so I was kind of suppressed anger. So, so what did you do, Philippe? Then what, what do you mean by suppressed anger? So I would I would just feel anger and feel resentment, but I'd kind of endure that feeling inside of me and hold it in, and I wouldn't allow myself to express it. So it never even came out in a kind of passive-aggressive way? Well, it would come out very passive-aggressive, uh -huh. but it, I would kind of come up with sarcastic comments and I, would uh -huh. be, and I would say something but mean something else. And it was, I didn't like that person. Uh -huh. And I noticed that person was showing up again that night. Uh -huh. And I didn't like that person. And I, but I, I also knew that person wasn't me. And because I knew that person wasn't me, it was almost like, wow, some anger is coming through me, but it wasn't my anger. It was like, even though I felt angry, even though I felt frustrated, it wasn't, I wasn't attaching my identity to it. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, oh, anger is coming through me rather than I'm so angry right now. Mm -hmm. And so it felt good to be angry. It felt so good to release all that anger. And I didn't, and, and because it, it was like, it wasn't I, my anger, I wasn't projecting it towards anyone. Yeah. I, it, was, it was a very different, it was really interesting because I just noticed and I said to Christina, I, like, I am feeling so angry right now. 
and and she was she was kind of amused by my anger. She didn't she didn't get she offensive. <laughs> she, she didn't take it personally. She was just like she was kind of and and the fact that she was amused, yeah, it it meant she wasn't afraid of my anger. Yeah. And what was in that moment, I saw if she's not afraid of my anger, I don't have to be afraid of mine. Yeah. And so I allowed it to just express and to come through me. And so everything was like, like as, so, and going back to this kitchen scene, so we're preparing all the food and all of a sudden, ding dong, the doorbell rings and the mm-hmm. guests arrive. And at this point, it's complete chaos in the kitchen. And so she greets the guest and the guests come in and they say, hi, Philip, how are you? And the first thing I say is, hello, I'm angry. <laughs> and I said, I'm angry. And I just, and as I said, I, and they were so uncomfortable with me being angry that they were, oh, should we, they, they, they were, oh, sorry, this, maybe it's not a good time. Should we come back later? Mm-hmm. And it was, no, no, come on. It's great. I'm angry. It was almost like I'm throwing a party because I'm angry <laughs> and I can be angry and I'm shamelessly angry. Wow. <laughs> totally owning it. <laughs> yes. And so what happened is, so before something like that, I would have suppressed the anger. I would have tried to, you know, like, like let it go, try to sort of be loving and kind and peaceful, but total passive aggressiveness inside mm-hmm. me. I would have felt resentful towards Christina. I would have felt disconnected towards our friends that came for dinner. I would have probably had a pretty uncomfortable evening and I wouldn't have enjoyed myself so much. But the fact that I was able to fully own everything that was coming through me without, without the shame, without the guilt, without the, I shouldn't be feeling this. It meant that over dinner, we were able to just have a laugh about it and talk about it. And it Mm. opened up such an interesting conversation and it created such a beautiful connection and in and in the end, like I got to see so much, they got to see so much, and they shared their relationship with anger, and it was just beautiful to explore that together. And it ended up becoming a conversation that would have that's that was just way more interesting than I think anything we could have had for me coming from that disconnected place. Mm, that's beautiful, and you don't see that often about somebody saying to the dinner guests. Oh, I'm angry. Yeah. You know, it's just a radical man, totally radical. Um, The previous person I was speaking to, who's one of my podcast guests, you know, has said a similar thing, Philip. She said, you know, I I can meet my friends and say, oh, I'm in a full mood today, but it'll pass. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And, and, you know, if we're continuing on the kitchen stories, um, I remember I was doing a, a, a retreat at my home in Scotland with Bill and Linda Pettit. And at the end of the day, we'd arranged for everyone to stay for dinner. And then we'd arranged for a, a concert in the house, a private concert in the house. And everyone was sat down for dinner. And then the musicians arrived and my husband, Jerry, said, oh, can we feed the musicians? And I thought, yeah, no problem. It's not a problem. So two of the musicians, you know, it was easy to feed them because they just ate what everybody else ate. And then one of the musicians was vegan. And I thought, okay, I, you know, this is just what I need. I've just fed, you know, 15 people and, you know, here we go again. And I could feel myself getting caught up in my mood. My mood was lowering. I was becoming angry. Hmm. And so I made this guy, whatever it was, I made him. And I just said to Jerry, I need to go upstairs for a while. I'm going to change for dinner. Mm-hmm. And so I changed for dinner. I came back downstairs and I was fine. 
I was fine. I knew exactly what was happening to me. Wisdom guided me to go away and do something else. And by the time I'd done that, whatever it was I was holding on to, resentment or poor me that I had to make someone else dinner. And what was Jerry doing? He was fanning about with his, with his musician friends, you know, and I'm like Cinderella in the kitchen. And, <laughs> you know, I just let it go. And that was lovely. It's, it, it, it is in the awareness of knowing that that's the temporary experience you're having in the moment and knowing that you don't have to have anything on it. You know that that's not you. It's not your true nature. It's not who you are. That's, that's beautiful. And, and what, it, what it does as well, I think it, it invites people to see that they can be human too in your presence. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm human. I have my insecurities. I have things that I, I, I get pissed off about stuff too. And that's okay. Mm. No, it's, it's really, really beautiful. You know, when you were speaking before, Philip, what kept coming up for me was the word masculine. And I don't, you know, this isn't a fully formed question, but if, if you get the gist of what I'm trying to ask you here, mm -hmm. please, please answer. But, it, you know, mm. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'm, I've actually, I've, I've just started to create a men's circle here in, in ah, Barcelona. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm working more, more intimately with men uh -huh. and to help them find their voice and to help them become just more authentic and to have the courage to, to say what's true and, 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 and what's true for them in the moment. So, so maybe, maybe there's something you're picking up there. Jack. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, you know, my witchy, my witchy skills are all coming in handy today. Yes. You know, I think, you know, you've mentioned a couple of things there, Philippe, you know, you spoke earlier about, you know, sort of you had your own restaurant and you ran your own restaurant and you mentioned authenticity there about being authentic. Mm-hmm. What has authenticity meant to you over the years? And I'll get back to the masculine men's circle and everything that you've done because I know that's fascinating. But as, as you, mm -hmm. what has authenticity meant? What's been your journey with authenticity as a man? There you mm -hmm. go. It, it started in a leadership retreat when I was kind of two years into my journey as a coach. Mm -hmm. And I approached it was it was the first it was a like this six month program or 10 month program and it was over diff different retreats so the first retreat i i was really i felt just really attracted to speak to this mm -hmm. woman who just seemed so authentic and real and there was something about her that really intrigued and i was like yeah i want some more of that and so it was it was just in our first break i just approached her and i had done a sharing in that session and it felt it, I, th I think she kind of felt that something about that was off. And as I sat down with her and I said, hey, um, I'd like to talk to you about something. And she looked at me and she said, oh, um, I don't want to talk to you. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, I have so many inauthentic people in my life that I've decided to, to just not talk to people that are inauthentic. And you, I just have to tell you, you're like super inauthentic. And, and so I... I don't want to talk to you. She was lovely. And that was a slap in the face. Oh, yeah. And then I spent the next year creating a character that was authentic. 
because mm. I didn't understand what that meant. So mm. I, I had then gone into, oh, now I need to be a more authentic version of myself. And it, it and I kind of did it the hard way. And what so I, 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 I did it the hard way by, I, I wasn't, see, I thought authenticity was, I need to, I need to speak about my vulnerabilities and stuff. And so I, I would kind of force myself to be vulnerable or share something that was uncomfortable because I wanted to show that I was authentic. Mm-hmm. But that was just another facade. Yeah. So I think on like my journey of, of authenticity is, is, is ongoing because there's, there, there's still, I still have that facade that, that, that keeps coming and going. And, and I think it's, it's now it's more a, just a gentle awareness. And I feel that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, Jackie, I don't know what my journey of authenticity is. I, I, I think that I think I'll just leave it there. Oh God, I do. I love you, Philip. I really, really do. To be able to stop in the place that you've just stopped at is pure wisdom, pure knowledge that that's it for now. But underlying that, I know that you know that the journey to authenticity is becoming who you are at your essence. And you live from this space of essence so clearly, so obviously. You know, ask anyone about, you know, who's Philippe Bartou? And people will say, oh, he's a really lovely guy. He's really loving, he's really kind. And that's been my experience of you as well. And often as human beings, we get into this space where the erroneous thoughts that fly through our heads seem more important than the divine being that we already are. We pay them more attention than we do our true nature. Hmm. Thank you for seeing that. Thanks for sharing that. That's, uh, that's, that's beautiful. And, And I think when we, in, in, in this industry and, and as coaches, I think sometimes we can be inclined to teach. And what I feel, and this is what, what I love about you, Jackie, as well, is that you're, the way you show up, you're not here to teach. No. You're, here, you're here to explore. And, and, and to me, that, that's the, our true nature doesn't want to teach. No. Our true nature just, just wants to be seen and heard and and it's so simple. And when we can come together like this, I feel, I feel really seen. And that's, and it's beautiful to feel seen. And I think that's perhaps what beyond everything is we have an urge and such a, such a desire just, just to be seen and, and to see ourselves, mm-hmm. to see the true nature within ourselves. We can see the true nature within each other. Yeah. Something beautiful happens. We we can we we can fall out of out of judgment and we just fall into love and connection. Mm-hmm. And this is so important to know. It's so important to know because every day there are moments where I get caught up in judgment. Judgment about myself or how things are supposed to be and 
and the more the more i can i can just see through that and the more i can come back the easier relationships are and and the re- easier the relationship i have with myself is yeah it's a real journey of undoing and unfolding rather than gathering isn't it yeah and it's 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 a lot it's a journey of awareness as well mm. and awareness because there's so i mean i can just speak for myself jackie there are there's i am i can be so judgmental or i can have so much judgmental thinking especially when i'm in a place of well up in my head mm-hmm. and i know everything i'm seeing i'm it's kind of being filtered through the judgment in that moment and and it's and it creates drama mm. if i don't see that the way i'm going to respond the way i'm going to react to to different situations is really unhelpful it's kind of like you, you come out fighting isn't it it's like the boxing gloves are on something something has happened in life that it shouldn't have worked out that way therefore yeah. i'm going to fight it yeah rather than that's just how it is in this moment <laughs> you know, deal totally. with it yeah totally. so going back to this you know I love what we shared there, there Philippe. Um, talk to me about this masculine space that you're creating in Barcelona. So it's, it's really a space to be seen and to be heard. Men, I think perhaps even more than, than, than women, have a tendency to problem solve. And so when people come with problems, or when they talk about their their issues or their insecurities, other men will very be will very quickly point to solutions or mm-hmm. here's what worked for me or here's what worked. And so I wanted to create a space where it's not about solving problems. It's just about allowing each other to see who we are and to be seen and heard. And it may occur to us to point people in 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 in, in giving new perspectives and and but the i the purpose of it is is not is not to coach each other or to help each other see through the illusion it's just it's just to be seen Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's um there's something really really beautiful that that unfolds when men can come together and allow themselves to to be seen for who they really are. What do you think prevents men from doing that in the first place? Well, I think we have a lot of ideas around what the masculine role is mm-hmm. and how the man, what, what does it mean to be strong and to be in control and to, to be the provider of the family. And, and it's, uh, it, and it, it can very, we can very easily be fooled into, into trying to, to be controlling and dominant in mm-hmm. our roles as, 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 as masculine. And I feel that that's, it's, it's kind of something that, that, that's really hardwired in, in, in a lot of the way that, that men are showing up. And if we can, I don't know, if we can just see through all of that and, and let it go, maybe, maybe it's better if I just give you an example. Yeah, sure. 
I, and it's just, this is also something about, about masculine, which is maybe, you know, which, which, which is more personal. And so I want to share with you sort of more of a personal story from, mm-hmm. from my side. I've, uh, so Christina and I, we've been talking about st- starting a family together mm-hmm. and Christina, who is very health conscious and who always wants to, you know, she wants to make sure she's going to be a healthy mother. And so she mm-hmm. contacted a naturopath and said, well, we, she booked us a session and I didn't really want to go. <laughs> but, you know, I said to her, okay, babe, I get it. This is really important for you. And I value our relationship more than my opinion. And so I just, I, I kind of went along with it, not wanting to do it, but I just, okay, I went along with it. And as I, and as I sat, as, as I got there, we sat in this room. And so she told me it's going to be, um, there's going to be a, a conversation with a naturopath for 90 minutes. And at the end, there's going to be some acupuncture. And so I, I had some expectations of how it's going to go. And I met this guy and I just immediately felt, oh, I don't feel connected to him. And mm-hmm. he was hiding behind a screen on his computer. And he started the session by asking Christina questions date of birth nationality but like like just very sort of uninteresting questions and so after five minutes i just interrupted i said excuse me well what's what are we you know what's what's going on here and uh, he says well today it's going to be about christina and i'm going to ask her questions and it's more of an interrogation and i'm going to write down what she says and i said well why do i have to is it I said, is it important for me to be here and he looks at me like in the most outrageous way and he says well you're gonna if you want to be the father this is a project for the two of us of course it's important for you to be there and i just felt like oh um it felt very i felt very judged even just to have asked that question and then christina looks over to me and she puts her hand on my knee and she says babe it's really important for me that you're here Mm. and and I was like, oh, okay. So, so I endured, Jackie, I endured 45 minutes of this homeopath asking her all these questions about her health, about her dreams. What does she dream of? What, oh, brothers and sisters, tell me about your brothers. And she's got five brothers and sisters. So it was, uh, it, it just was excruciating for me to be there because I, I felt there was no connection and I just didn't understand and I started to get very vengeful. And I noticed as I sat there, I had all this judgment going on and everything I was hearing was filtering around why this is bullshit, why this isn't helpful. And I, the whole time I noticed I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And there in that moment, it was like, I can't stay here. This isn't helpful. It's not helpful for me nor for her nor for him. And so I just... And, 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 and it was like the turning point was I, I picked up a brochure on his desk and it said, have you lost hope of being a, a parent? And I was like, no, I haven't lost hope. Like we haven't even we just like started imagining having a family. What am I doing here? And I just felt I, I can't be here. And so I got up and I, and I just, and I said, babe, I'm going to take a walk. And I mm-hmm. left. And it was like, oh, I felt so free and I just got out there and uh, I had another 45 minutes. I took a coffee. I had a chat with a friend. I was in a completely different place. Like all of that judgmental thinking had gone and I just, oof, I just felt, I felt so relieved. 
And then I decided just to come back in the room for the last 15 minutes. And when I came back, what I didn't know is while the time I was away, this homeopath said, well, you know, um, I think this, um, this Philip, he doesn't seem very committed as a father. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I just want you to know, you know, you could have some problems. And so she was already feeling insecure. I walked out on her. And then so all of a sudden she had this, she had this huge story like, oh my God, he's not going to be supportive as a father. What am I doing? And so she was really, really insecure. And I came back into the room and I could tell she had been crying. Mm. And I looked at her and she gave me the kind of look like, how dare you leave me here? You know? And it was, it was my, I think in that moment, I, I, because I didn't have all that judgment and all that, like all of that would have come out as complete drama. But because I, I was just there and I could see her, someone who, who wants to do her best, who just wants to have a healthy pregnancy and who's doing all the measures that she thinks she needs to do and just isn't feeling supported, of course she's feeling upset. And so we, as, as, as we, we left the place and I painfully paid 120 euros <laughs> for, this, for this session and kind of gave it to him, looked him in the eye, kind of like, and... and, and leaving there clearly with the intention of I'm never going to see this man again. Mm -hmm. But what happened is after that, we, we were just, we were walking home and uh, in that moment, I knew that it wasn't helpful to understand, to try and understand her. I knew that, what was helpful for me to understand what is the state of mind I'm in and what is the state of mind she's in. Mm -hmm. So I was able to listen to her, but not in the way of let me, let, let, let me tell you why this guy is wrong. Or, or, and, and I would just listen to her and allow her to just say everything. And because I, I didn't have all that judgment in that moment, it was like, I didn't need to defend anything. And it was, within about 15 minutes something shifted and it was like she 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 kind of dropped back into her heart and i and i said something like you know your your body will do what it needs to do for you to be a healthy mother i trust that more than i trust anything that was said in the room And in that moment, she just, um, she saw the truth of that for herself. And it was like, we just, we just, we just connected. We didn't really talk about it too much. We came home and then that evening, she saw the whole, she just saw how she, she was, she, all her anger was like, instead of projecting towards me, it was projecting towards the whole experience of what had happened. And she was really upset with this, with, with this homeopath and just didn't feel like he delivered and he was professional, but it just really brought us a lot closer together. Mm. And so what I think the, 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 the learning that, I, that, that really came from this is we're, we're always caught up. It's so easy for us to be caught up in stories mm -hmm. and 
it's not important to understand someone's story as it is important to understand the state of mind they're in and the state of mind I'm in. Does that make sense? Oh gosh, it makes total sense. You know, there's a couple of things that you said in there, Philip, that, you know, sort of, sort of jumped out for me. And, you know, we forget we are energetic beings too. You know, we're spiritual, energetic beings. And we pick up on other people's vibrational energies that can give us information. And often we don't trust the information we're getting, which comes from wisdom. We pile thought on top of it. You know, so you had a feeling about this guy. It didn't feel right. You know, you were given much more evidence about him by the way he was, he was talking to you. And I've, I, I find a lot in the medical profession and, and holistic professions that, that people want to teach. You know, they, they, mm. they feel they're in a superior position. Yes. So they, they want to teach and preach at you and make you feel uncomfortable about who you are. Now, this is a huge sweeping generalization. Mm-hmm. Please don't take it as, you know, everybody I've ever met has been like that <laughs> or everybody in the planet is like that. But it is a tendency and it's just an egoic tendency that the people can have after they're studied for a while or, you know, they feel secure in what they're teaching. If they're coming from the human form without understanding the deeper truth about who they are and who we all are. I love that you followed wisdom to go out of that room and come back in. And, and often, Philippe, what happens with people, and you know this too, is that once we have a drama in our head about something, we pull other people into that drama to validate it. Yeah. Because that makes us feel better that we are vilified and that that is truth. So it becomes us against them. Absolutely. And and it it, it was so close for me to do that because instead of leaving the room, I I didn't leave the room immediately. Mm -hmm. I was behaving like a (laughs) five-year-old in a, you know, like a restless five-year-old. Like there were times where I just put both hands in front of my Mm -hmm. face and just be like, I don't believe this is happening. I don't believe I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just knew if I'm behaving like a five-year-old, I need to leave the room. Either that or snack time. <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> I, I need a wee nap. <laughs> I cannot. I. I. It was. It, I just couldn't endure it anymore. I think it was. It was the wisdom was so loud that either I was going to oh, get yeah. into a massive fight or I would leave. And mm-hmm. and 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 thank God I left. And and even and I knew that Christina would be upset in the moment that I left, mm-hmm. and that she would. I didn't really know, but I could tell that that it was. It, she very she felt very unsupported, mm-hmm. and for me, I feel that it's more important for me to to do what's right for me in that moment than to abide or to become this sort of fake supportive person and yeah. to stay in the room and pretend to be supportive in order to please her and the expectation that she has of me. Yeah, it's kind of becoming a caricature of yourself, isn't it? This is the way that I'm meant to be, and this is where I'll get approval, you know, just just following what it is you're meant to do. And the whole thing about that, Philippe, is understanding that we only have this moment. That is all we have. 
if we are in this moment and we're feeling uncomfortable about things, you have to realise that you're either bringing memories from your past or you're projecting into the future. So sitting in front of this guy, he's, he's you know, doing what he's doing. You will have had a story in your head of how you thought it should be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't how you thought it should be. Therefore, you started to argue with <laughs> with your own reality in the sense of this isn't how this should be. Yes. So we start this kind of drama in our heads. And at times like that, is it's to see, to see what you need to do in the moment like you did. You know, you, you, you lived in the drama for a wee while and then you took yourself away from it. It's a wonderful space to be in. And then not to get caught up in Christina's drama. Mm-hmm. But to let her find out from herself what it was she just experienced. And, I, I, you know, it, it, it's... As human beings having this, you know, this experience on life, it gets confusing sometimes because we are so conditioned with this is how it's meant to turn out. This is how I'm meant to be. Society mm. says this. And we have all this evidence packed up in our wonderful, beautiful brains. All these memories, all these files that come up in the moment and say, well, this isn't the way it was taught. This isn't the way you're meant to do this. This isn't the way this is meant to be. That we start to believe that, but our brains are just giving us information. It's all they're doing. And information isn't knowledge, isn't wisdom. I love that. Information becomes opinion and judgment. Yeah. And it's the opinion and the judgment that then creates the drama in our heads. And then that drama, when misunderstood, can get projected into the outside world. And in the end, you're just, you're just fighting your own thoughts mm-hmm. and judgments. Yeah. Cute, and it's it? exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> Tell me about it. I love my life from that space. I think one, you know, oh gosh, I found all of these um, psychological profiles that I did when I worked in the corporate sector. You know, sort of over, gosh, about thirty-seven years, I've been psychoanalyzed more times than monkeys, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I was looking back on them, and it was like, oh my god, they're so true. Oh my goodness, about who I was in that that moment in time. And a lot of it was about being com- really competitive. It was, it was more or less I would have shoved people off the ship to win, you know. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, I, I grew, grew up as a middle kid. I had two brothers. I was always in competition with them. So that became who I thought I was. Yeah. You know, it just, it fascinates me. But a lot of what's said in all of these psychological profiles are, I trust my intuition over, over anything else. Mm-hmm. And in the corporate sector, they didn't like that. It was about facts. It was about information. But I've always been empathic. I've always been able to read people. I've always been able to, to hear what they're not saying. Mm-hmm. But I haven't always been able to articulate that. Yeah, it's it's an art. And it's something that you're... Where, where, 
we're really born with and and it's more of a something that we unlearn as yeah. we as the system teaches us otherwise and we become much more intellectual beings i know now a word you've been using a lot through this podcast my love is drama <laughs> <laughs> drama i love that word and i what do you think do you think we should tell people what we're going to be doing I think we should. I think that's a great opportunity because mm -hmm. Jackie and I, we've been uh, sort of flirting with the idea of, uh, of creating a, an online program together. And just recently, we've decided to put something out there and create a, uh, a program, which is really an invitation to experience drama in a completely different way. And I'll, I'm just going to say... To me, what this this whole the 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 program is about drama-free relationships, but it's not really about relationships that are free of drama, or relationships that don't have drama. It's being okay, no matter what drama is going on in your head or in your relationship, and your ability to be okay with drama understanding where it's coming from can really shift it can shift the whole conversation from from feeling frustrated and angry to to just open and connected in an instant without any effort without any trying and that's what i am yeah, that's what I'm excited about. And that's what I'd love to, I'd love for more people to experience that. Yeah, I, I couldn't say that any better, Philippe, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's relationships, but it's romantic relationships. And we all have stories about romantic yeah. relationships. And especially in this day and age where more people are doing things online and the art of communication and, and understanding who we are as human beings and the energy and how we work. And simple communication can all get very, very confused. So I am so excited being, you know, a, a woman who's lived a life of full of drama relationships mm -hmm. and as a mum of three daughters um, who are all grown up now and in beautiful relationships. Um, I am so excited to do this. I really am. So, And, and I love that. And I also have to say, Jackie, every time that I, the, the, the time I've seen you and I've spent time with your family and I've seen the, as I've, also, just just the way that I that I've gotten to know you more deeply over, over, over just over the last few years, I I can really feel how there's so much freedom in the way that you relate with your family and with other people, and and I I'm really inspired by that, and and I feel that that's just a real testament to to your ability to see through the drama and to just live without it and. Or definitely with much less of it. <laughs> definitely much less of it. I don't know yeah. if I live without it. But oh no, thank you. And again, I'm going to say I love you, Philippe. I really do. I love, I love our friendship. I love, you know, the conversations we have, and I and I do love working with you as well. In fact, it was a year ago today that we did the retreat in Barcelona together with Juan. I was Amazing. looking at the pictures. Uh, you know, yes. it's lovely. So, Philippe. I am going to thank you for taking part in the podcast today and um, 
in the show notes, I will put all of your contact details and what you're up to so people can get in touch with you if they want to work with you, um, either in your men's circle or to work with you on your online intensives or, or coaching retreats or anything that you do because you're definitely a guy who has a lot to share and you do share from, from your heart and honestly, and I, I just love that. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on this call, Jackie. It's been a blast. Thank you. Okay. Take care, love. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you could be larger than life. Bigger than